everyone, and welcome welcome to episode 476 of Contractor Criticism. I'm your host, Easy, and I'm not joined by Mason because he's on a plane. I'm not joined by Abe because he's celebrating a Jewish holiday that I'm definitely going to pronounce wrong. Yom? Yom? Yom Kippur. There we go. I am joined by the co-host of the Need to Nerd podcast, the fantasy football commissioner of the Easy Game Media and the Fantasy Football it's Patty the Batty MTG. What's up, Patty B? Hey, Spencer. How is it going today? You know, it's good. Uh, you know, it's nice to be, like, this feels good. Uh, you know, I was thinking of guests for this week, and I was like, you know, I should really get the, the Travis Kelsey to my Taylor Swift for this episode. Stop it. We are going to be talking about Standard, about Worlds, and kind of reacting to what was a great tournament and what is a really interesting, fun, uh, and open format, in my opinion. Before we do that, though, the point of the show is always improving. Always improving is the point of the show. And I'm going to go first this week. So uh, I've been spending some time looking at different combo decks uh, with, with Matt Kling, former host of the show, and specifically just kind of thinking about Agatha's Soul Cauldron, and we'll, we'll kind of actually talk about that card a little bit today, because I think there's some interesting stuff happening in Standard with it. But I'm not the type of person that, like, looks at combo decks pretty often. Uh, if people know me, they know I'm, like, a combo control guy, where it's, like, control the game, win the game with, like, a Scape Shift or Splinter Twin, or, you know, that that's the type of deck that I really, really like. Uh, you know, creativity. I think that this... The the value engines and the things that we talked about last week on the show with Mason around Agatha's Soul Cauldron has me interested that we have only scratched the surface of this card. Um, it, it was really funny. I was I was sent a message to my group chat today um, with some of my my friends, and I was like, "Oh look, it's Pot at home, you know, uh, playing Prime Speaker Agatha's Soul Cauldron." You know, and basically a pod shell, like a kiki cheeky pod shell. And while funny, like we had this big debate uh, on Twitter, and uh, you know, Mason kind of drived a lot of it with his video about like which cards would you would be okay to unban in modern Twitch uh, stream. And I was, I was like, I think pod is fine. Like I, I think you can unban pod. And I think that Agatha's Soul Cauldron market is better than pod. I think it's just a better, ubiquitous, stronger card than Broken Pot. So, it's kind of what I've been thinking about a lot lately, especially in the context of Modern, which is the RCQ season. Patty, you don't have to worry about that. I'm pretty sure you already won one. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> I did not. Oh, that win was one. last season. That Nick, was last season. Uh, yeah, last season uh, there. Nick won one last weekend. Nick, I top forward. But yeah, I. Yeah, that's kind of what I've been thinking about. Uh, Along with, like, watching Worlds, obviously. What about you, Patty? Yeah, so this week, uh, my always improving moments. Um, la- last week was was digging into Modern in preparation for that RCQ. And this week, I think it's it's put in the prep, once you asked me to come on the show, right, to dive back into Standard. Because uh, most of my time has been dedicated, since I am qualified for Atlanta, I'll be going down there with Whedon and Lassen. It's, I've, I've been really diving into Pioneer and trying to, work on that for this December. But uh the prep that I put in for standard, hopping back on arena, it was it was a good time to 
play a, a less powerful format, and I didn't really know where to start. So I actually started with the green black deck that uh, you had posted, right? And then your your version of it, and it's doing really well. I got to see in my first three matches the diversity that you were talking about. So it was it was good to to switch formats and get a refresher that way this week. I have two questions. One, well, first of all, I must say thank you for trusting me. Uh, I feel like I feel like uh, when it comes to like green mid range decks in standard. I'm a pretty good follow. Uh, how did it treat you? Uh, it treated me, tre- treated me pretty well. I think I went 3-2 with my first few matches. Uh, there were some things that I didn't quite, as, reading the cards and, and touching them, right? like learning that the Mosswood side is not an instant speed for the uh, adventure sure, part. Because sure. the other one right, is. Like, there's another green one in standard that is instant uh, for the green-red right. one. So that's interesting. Yeah, so just just seeing those little differences and and picking up on them, getting those reps in, is is good practice for any new format. Uh, and then my second question is, just because you're a podcast listener, I've been for a long time. When you listen to the show, do you do this segment in your head? Yes, yeah, I do. What what is what, I I just because like I have to do it every week? I'm kind of curious. Like, do you like pause the show? Is it something you're actively thinking about when you're listening to the show? Like, like as we're talking about, like, what was mine? What did I do? And, like, keeping yourself in how does that work for you as a listener? Because you've, you've um, made, like, monumental strides in magic. Uh, behind the scenes, like, if you listen to our podcast that we do together, I was complimenting Patty not that long ago that, like, Patty had won an RCQ. He was like, I really want to prove that I'm, like, worth testing with, with you, Spencer, and, and the guys. And I was like, Patty, I wouldn't have asked you if I didn't think that about you. But, like, you've, you've really stepped up your game. I'm kind of curious, like, is this segment and some the thing that this thing that we instill like how do how do you use it? Yeah, so it it'll, it generally happens after the episode because I like to listen to what you guys are saying and then the episode topic, right? So I think a- after the episode is over, I take five you know five minutes to think about my always improving. I, I do appreciate that. Thank you so much for the the praise. Oh, you you a little bit. Look, always improving in more ways. Patreon, if you want to become a patron of the show, will always be free. We want to give a shout-out to our new patrons every week. This week, Michael became a patron. Thank you so much, Michael. I have a job, and for those who don't know, like, the the show goes to pay for, like, hosting and, like, a lot of different stuff, but I uh, plan on getting the tokens created. I've been waiting to send out the wristbands uh, until I got the tokens created. Um, I know you've got some. Everybody has some, so, like, if you come up to an event, you see me or Mason or Abe, you can ask for one. Mason, Abe, and I usually will have them on us, uh, just in our just in our bags. But we do want to send them out to the patrons. Um, I have a box full of all the patrons from last like X amount of time, with their addresses on it. Uh, it just was expensive shipping for what I was doing. So, uh, but but once we get the tokens printed and sent to my house, we will do another batch and send them out. So just wanted to let people know. Housekeeping, uh, just want to give a shout out to our sponsor at Pure MTGO. We are looking for other sponsors. And if you are an MTGO player, uh, you know, there are lots of ways to sell your cards. One of the great ways is to go to our sponsor, sponsor at MTGOTraders.com. Um, they they buy magic cards. Uh, I just sold a bunch of Moto stuff myself to them. Um, it was super easy, a uh, great way to, to do that. And then finally, before we get into our main topic, we are doing that bonus content. I already am planning to record with Kyle Falbo. Uh, 
MDG finance guy, uh, original CCMTG member this week. So we've we got all of the coasts that we can lined up. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun ten year celebration for CC. So stay tuned for that. All right, let's dive in some magic standard and worlds going to this event, Maddie B. Yes. The I just this is just off the top of my head, and it's something that's like a little weird. So I'm just I'll, I'll just monologue for a second. We had events won by Mono Red, Golgari Mid, Esper Mid, Esper Legends. What's missing from this list, Spencer, is Esper Control. Blue Black Mid was like the dominant deck before the new set came out. But that's kind of what it looked like. It was like the different degrees of Esper, um, a Golgari mid-range deck, a Domain Ramp deck, and Mono Red. Not really something like very different. Like, you know, the, the decks that were kind of left over, you have the Rakdos Reanimator deck. I believe that deck won uh, the standard US uh, RC, the, the last standard RC. Uh, in the U.S., uh, the one that Abe, Abe and I went to, uh, mm-hmm. you've got the Azoria Soldiers deck, you've got the Rakdos Reanimator deck, and Mono White Humans kind of ran up like the different decks. And then 26 decks make up the other category, which is more than tw- the 20% that Esper Midrange made up. Teddy B, what did you know about Standard before I asked you to jump on the show? Yeah, so back at the RC uh, in San Diego... Esper was kind of the Esper Legends. Defined, the Legends specifically was was the defined deck after the ban Invoke Despair, Fable, and Bankbuster. Uh, that kind of that shift changed, and it felt like Control was the the major player for a, a time there, and then uh, we started getting some challenge results, and. It seemed to be that blue black mid range and different variations and spices of that deck were the best thing. And it, for a while there, it did kind of feel like in those challenges, it was like whatever won the challenge dominated the metagames for the next week. And blue black mid range has kind of been the best thing for a while. Um, but with the release of Woe, there are a lot of new cards that have opened things up. Rafine is still powerful, right? Um, and I think we saw that with 29 decks playing Rafine, whether it was mid-range or Legends. But the, the, the other colors got a lot of tools as well. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, we, what, one thing that we, we've, we saw for a while was this dominance of black decks. And, and there's, a, there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, kind of going into worlds, Liliana decks were the best decks, whether that was, except for Esper Control, which tried to beat the Liliana decks in a different way. So what did we see from Worlds? Uh, I, I kind of looked at the data. I didn't do a power rankings, but like the winning the winning decks, uh, I mean, obviously Esper Legends won the event. So there's kind mm-hmm. of a, and like a shout out here to Mr. DePraz. Also just like kind of putting together a really good magic career, a little bit under the radar, I feel like. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Just really cool to to see, you know, become a world champion is just like a thing that everybody wants to do, right? So really cool to see. But one of the things, kind of the the narrative going into this event, like, was that, you know, the reason the Golgari pick, mid range picked up in popularity was it was good against the Esper decks. And what we end up seeing is there are 
you know, different flavors of decks, but the, you know, as far as like the top performing deck, uh, the highest ranking uh, Esper mid-range ended up going 7-1 and 6-1. I don't know how the, the scores were taken into, but also 6-2, 6-2, and then another Esper Legends at 6-2. So almost all of the top performing decks were still Esper. And if we look at the top eight, there were also uh, an Esper Legends and an Esper mid-range deck kind of doing doing their thing, man. Yeah, I think there was three. Right, there's two uh, Esper mid-range for Lorenzo and uh, Kazune. They both played the, the mid-range version. And then you had our champion, uh, Jean-Emmanuel, playing the Legends version. Oh, you're right. I, um, I did miss the eighth place list there. Yeah, Esper still still do- doing well. Rafine is still great. It, it's something yeah, that's gotten to play the format and, and watch a lot of worlds. I think you and I both watched a ton of worlds. Where do you sit kind of on... What these Esper decks are doing well? Which version of Esper do you like? What are Esper's weakness? Do you have any thoughts on that? Sure. So we see with, with these Esper decks, the, the threat quality is really high and relatively cheap in mana cost, right? Rafine being this attacker that filters your draws and can just add up the protection on it with the Ward 1. All the, all the threats out of Esper are just really high value. You get to protect them with things like Skrelv. I personally, um, I, I played a few different spices of the deck on Sunday, just as I was watching the the top eight, and I, I kind of like it's it's super interesting. You have some higher power level draws, I think, with the mid range version of the deck, where creating the the two two light uh, vigilance knight with the the virtue of loyalty, and just seeing how the the enchantments like Virtue of Loyalty and when the wedding announcement can take over the game. I kind of like that aspect, but the, the threats out of Legends are just so efficient. It's, it's hard to pass up there. I also kind of like where, where Greg Orange's deck was with still seeing control represented is great. It kind of felt awkward whenever, if you don't have Beanstalk going, your draws can look really shallow and not great. Yeah, I the... The Greg Orange deck is interesting, and we'll get to that. I, I want to stay on Esper for a second. Narrative going into the weekend was that Bulgari is good against Esper. And mm-hmm. one of the things that the Esper deck does, the Legends deck does really well, is it buries your opponent. But it also is awkward. And when you run hot, the deck... I mean, you you experienced this literally at the yeah. RC. When you run hot, yeah. you're like, <laughs> no, nah, nothing's beating this. And then when you don't run hot, you're like... I'm in a little bit of trouble. Like, I, this is actually a little awkward. If my opponent has the right removal spells at the right time, it's even more awkward. And the thing is, is that because Mono Red is in the format, Cutdown is actually a lot better than it has been previously. And that card is actually quite good against Asper Legends. And I think that the Glory deck had to get a little unlucky. Um, and not, not taking anything away from our champion, because they played excellently. Um, I was talking to Matt about the deck. It, like, Definitely really strong, but I, I was interested. I was interested in kind of how these played out, how we ended up in a world where people both landed on Esper and they expected Esper um, to the point where Golgari got so much of the representation. I mean, obviously, I've never been close to qualifying for a world championship, but that is what I would have played at the world championship. It's really interesting. Yeah, the the black removal seems really good. Yeah, and, and having having the cutdowns 
uh, being able to kill most of the deck. I think it's everything except for Lord Skitter and Shieldred cut down can take down for one mana. So that that efficient removal spell, and and the Esper decks being able to to board into that as well, right? Having access to that kind of removal uh, makes the mirror super interesting. Um, I was on Esper Legends for uh, San Diego's RC, and yeah, that was. What I, what I found was my the removal spells have to line up right. Yeah, or I, it gets I think, awkward. I think that's true, and also just kind of like looking at the decks a little bit. Like there, there are certain things that Esper Midrange does that is just you know super similar, right? Like, it, what is the what is the line you draw, uh, other than like your mana base, right? Like, there's still a Plaza of Heroes. There's still you know some of all of the things, and it, it, I think it comes down to like you know, being more reactive in the non-Legends build. But, you know, there's still all of their creatures, still Legends, in the Esper mid-range builds, for the most part. Uh, just kind of depends. Um, one one thing that I wanted to say on this topic, and I think it's what I said when the bans happened, is that I fully expected wedding announcement decks to become dominant in some way. Like, we were the the rules of engagement really cared about like three mana enchantments in the form of fable of the mirror breaker and wedding announcement um and it did not change in a lot of ways uh you still cared about wedding announcements both our first and second place deck had wedding announcement there were wedding announcements across mono white aggressive decks white decks you know we talked about how liliana was dominating uh, a great way to beat Liliana is just to play a wedding announcement. Yeah, that was the one thing I found with with playing Liliana decks is with, what's great about Sanders. You you can kind of play whatever you want right now, and there's if you like combo, if you like control, uh, mid range aggro, there's a deck for you. And even in some of those matchups where there are things that you want to be able to kill with Liliana, random tokens are making it a, a bit more difficult to to get the off the board that you want i need to make a caveat though the wedding announcements were in the sideboard of the deprazz deck and yes just, but there it was still four and four and these yeah. were soldiers deck also played four like they, they were just the soldiers deck and both mid-range decks had them in the main yeah what do you think petty b you know what do you think of like the matchup of, of this like the the triangle that that people believe exists right you have the Esper decks losing to the Golgari decks, the Golgari decks losing to the Red the, decks. the Ramp decks, the, the Ramp decks losing to the, the Esper decks. Because what happened on camera was not that. Right? You had Duresses uh and Liliana beating the mid the Ramp deck, you had Esper beating the Golgari deck. It was just a complete mess. Yeah, and I I think t to that your your normal heuristics as far as matchups and archetypes, um, I think a bit of that changes at the higher levels, and especially at, at uh, a tournament like the World Championships, where like every person, every player is here, and so the the lists are were super tuned right for this smaller tournament. I think that may have had something to do with uh, the triangle being messier and everything being a, a closer than it would seem uh, on aggregate. Yeah, for what it's worth, you know, I've played 
I played all of these decks. And I, I think that the fact that there are so many different decks in Standard um, goes to show that there's a lot to tune for. So, um, you know, one of the things that we haven't mentioned is Control did not do well outside of, you know, Greg Orange. Uh, it, it did pretty poorly. And a, a huge reason for that, that these Esper Control decks didn't do as well, is like there was a lot to prepare for, and we haven't even gotten into some of the surprises that came out of this format. So let's talk about one of the surprises uh, and something that we haven't talked about yet. Did you get a chance to watch any of the Cauldron decks? Um, I didn't get to watch any of the Cauldron decks, but I've played against a couple on Arena, and what they're doing, it seems very busted when it works. Yeah, so uh, just just to kind of let the listener know what's happening here, is there were three total Cauldron decks at Worlds. All three of them had winning records in Standard. And the way that this works is they play, uh, it was either Mono Blue or Cynic, and they have Sleep Cursed Fairy, Rona, and, and like kind of this uh, way to, uh, oh, I zoomed in way too much. There's a couple options. I think it's like Omen Hawker or yeah. Tommy. Yep, Omen Hawker uh, was one of the ones. Basically, they have a way to, uh, and then they, they also play for what it's worth training grounds, um, yep. which is what yep. our main topic when we do our level up Remember episode is grounds. named after. Uh, so training grounds make things cost you less to activate. Uh, then you have uh, something like, uh, you know, the ability of Omen Hawker in play, which taps to make two mana to activate abilities. Uh, you can untap the Sleep Curse Fairy for that. Uh, then you can make infinite activated abilities. That's how that works. Yeah, I, th I think you also, you get, with that, it grows each turn, right? Like, you keep, at, I think you can untap. That's it. That's infinite mana. Uh, once you right. have infinite mana, you can connive infinite times with Hypnotic Grifter. Um, once you've done that, you can, you know, draw your deck, make your creature as big as you want. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then That's just one of the combos for what it's worth. But yeah. yeah, this can all happen on one creature because of Agatha Soul Cauldron. Um, this deck, you know, plays. Uh, we also now have multiple uh, one mana cantrips in standard in the form of Consider and Sleight of Hand, both Pioneer playable. This isn't the end of these blue, these blue decks. Honestly, um, I'm a little surprised we didn't see like Surge Engine, Consider Sleight of Hand, Mono Blue, like tempo decks in this format. Uh, the 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 power of just uh, unsummoning something uh, in these mid range decks was so good uh, and completely crushes things like the uh, the ramp deck. So I just wanted to call out that like. While we were talking about these decks, there were new things to come out of the standard format. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. With the you've you've been a, a big mono blue opponent for a long time in a bunch of the different formats, whether it's standard pioneer. But um, yeah, I'm surprised we didn't see much mono blue. I'm not surprised we didn't see like actual mono blue. I was just more making a comment that like there is we we are we've entered like a a new type of format with 
like like the fact that there are eight cantrips that are reasonable and it's mm, not the best yeah. deck says that we're in a whole new world of standard. Right. Cause, oh, because because those can't like things like that would have been historically unheard of yeah, back in the day. Historically, would have been really powerful. Gotcha. Uh, okay. So, what should people expect moving forward? Do you think, Patty B? Yeah. So, if you're playing, you know, ranked or leagues, you can expect to see a lot of Esper Legends and ramp. I've seen a lot of that in the queues. You got to be able to answer the the creatures early. It makes sense that there it was it was a hard place for control with all the different threats out of all these different decks. Yeah, one of the things that I think about when looking at a format like this is, you know, it it's, it becomes about, like, sizing. So, okay, Esper's really good. What are the cards that beat Esper? Are there things that I can do to get under or around it or over it? And, you know, I kind of look at, like, uh, Jabberwocky uh, took, uh, had a top 16 at 7-1 and one in this super qualifier this weekend for Standard. Uh, with a crazy uh, version of the uh, kind of the the four color ramp decks, uh, lots of things like Virtue of Persistence, which I think is just was a house this weekend. Every time it was cast, uh, it looked really good. Uh, one of the cards in our fifty set reviews. So like that's a way to go really big. Um, but there are other ways. Like you just have to figure out like what is the format about this week, and with the format of this open. It's that's what it is. It's okay. What is it about this week? Is it a Liliana week? Is it a Rafine week? Is it a Mono Red week? And things like that. Uh, and I also think there's room to innovate. I think you know we already mentioned Mono Blue Tempo is like there's a lot of cantrips now. Is there a way to make something like Fading Hope good again? Especially if people are just on a Traxa or you know stuff like that. Uh, you know counter spells are naturally good against the ramp deck. Things like that. I also I, I think it's it's good to say as well that standard should while we're we're you know trying to win and be competitive as well there's a lot of stuff that that is viable and competitive so you can play what you want right uh, you love ramp you can play the ramp decks uh, mid range decks are everywhere um, a, l- a little harder to play control but I think you you have the rights of answers uh, that you want to to answer that can be a good option. And yeah, that Greg, standard's fun, and you can have fun with that. The Greg Orange deck showed kind of this, uh, kind of this different take on on control, right? Because it wasn't doing the Esper thing. It was like, no, I'm gonna be a leyline binding up the Beanstalk control deck because they're the best things for controlling standard, and then I'll naturally get there. You know, Sunfall automatically draws me cards. Uh, you know, and then I can play things like Syncopate, uh, March of the some of those X spells. To round yeah, up to my, get that trigger. Yeah, to get that those extra things. So, with that being said, you know, I think we're saying, look at the week, look at the format, and make decisions from there. And the, you know, it it becomes about sizing and leveling. This format's different, um, and it's it's a really fun standard format. If you didn't get to watch the World Championship, take a look. Like there are tools that every deck's gonna have. To help them in their quest to be the best, to, to beat up on these things. Take a look. What would you play, Teddy B? You got a, you got a standard tournament tomorrow. Uh, aliens are invading. You have to win against the aliens to save the Earth. What do you play? Uh, I'm sticking with... Uh, I, this is what I said when, when I went to San Diego. I told you it was like, 
I'm I'm dancing with the date that brought me, right? I won my RCQ with Esper Legends, played in San Diego with Legends. Legends has been uh, my little baby. I don't think that would change. Um, I have the most reps with with that, and I I love I love the addition of Lord Skitter. A couple of those because in that three drop slot, I I liked Graveyard Trespasser, right? And I tried mid range decks that you know were able to take advantage of the graveyard and having a legend that does that is is sweet yeah i i love that pick i think obviously you can't go wrong with a, almost any of the, the top decks i think that i would be on ramp not just because like i'm spencer and i love ramp but i think that just we're kind of watching the ability to play things like i think reed duke had uh, a couple of turns. He had to get pretty unlucky to lose um, against Anthony. I was watching it with, with Matt playing and uh, you know, just playing things like Obstinate Bailoff out of the board and like really shutting the door while also getting to be really good against like Mono Red and things like that. These things that are supposed to naturally play upon, prey upon you uh, was really interesting. So that is going to do it. No Patreon question this week just because I don't know. I felt like weird to do a Patreon question with a guest, uh, but we do have a question, uh, a comment from Young Tiger on YouTube. The Soul Cauldron would be one of the biggest FOMO regrets. I bought so many awful cards from the set, and then sifted through Cauldron ten times. Wish I snagged three. Patty B, how many Soul Cauldrons did you buy? Uh, so I'm sponsored by Kayfabe Cards, and so we, I, I don't purchase cards anymore uh and until that changes um but how many how many did you save for the store uh we saved two for the store oh that's not enough you needed way more than that maybe with it being modern season i don't think we have much if at all like stuff for yog so um it wasn't like let me tell you let me tell you yog is only the beginning of Soul Cauldron decks in Modern. Yeah, I, I, I found now. Speaking of the different cards, awful cards for Cauldron, right? I, I picked up a few, or rather pulled a few things as I was tabling for our TCG guy. It's like, oh, is this worth anything now? Like, oh, how about this one? Like, I, I got to look at a bunch of things with activated abilities, and it's always in my head now, right? Like, oh, is that how does that work with Cauldron? How does that work right? with Cauldron? <laughs> I do not envy the judges who have if to deal you with want to join those. the conversation, talk about all how great Cauldron is. You can go to the Patreon Discord, you know, become a patron of five dollars or more. Or join the public Discord. You can see uh, me posting videos of being Kylo Ren and shooting my wife with lasers in fantasy football until she is obliterated. You can also join through the YouTube comments. We read one this week. We try to read them whenever there is one that makes sense for the show. Uh, and then follow the show on Twitter at CCNTG. You can also check out Drafting Archetypes. Uh, you can like, subs- subscribe, review, and comment. That's the best way to support the show for free. It really does help out wherever you are interacting with the show. Leave a review. Leave a comment. It, it really does help out. Uh, Patty B, if people want to find you, where can they do that? Yeah, so they can find me on Twitter at PattyBMTG. Um, and also on YouTube with the lovely Spencer Howland on 
the Need to Nerd podcast. We've got a contest going right now. Uh, not a contest. Eh, what do you call it? To, to get more a, subs. A giveaway? Giveaway. That's the word. A giveaway. <laughs> um, so check out that channel. We've got a lot of awesome stuff. We just reviewed the fourth book in the Inheritance Cycle. So yeah, check us out there. Yeah, you can find me at Spencer13H on X. You can find me uh, there as well on Blue Sky, uh, which uh, you know hopefully takes off. Um, and then I'm on, you know, it's Spencer 13H everywhere. Uh, and then you can find me on the Neat Dinner Podcast and Smash Through, uh, two podcasts that I do with Patty B and Matt Kling. Um, Mike Evans did Mike Evans stuff, Patty B. Uh, and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna win. That's exciting. Good for you. Well, what did you learn on the show this week? So, I learned that that standard is diverse, right? Whether it was preparing for the the show this week and and talking it out with you, there are so many things to play. I don't know if we we talked. We didn't really talk about the the places where people can play now. We listed a few things like the open and show, standard showdowns coming back. So they're really pushing standard. And I, I think that will be good. I'm I'm excited for standard. Yeah, I I learned that uh, I might be a mono blue gamer again for a little bit online, because like I had not thought about this many cantrips, but the fact that I don't have to play like anticipate anymore is kind of busted with Hygen. You still so, probably play impulse though, right? I maybe I don't know. I gotta get pen to paper, buddy. Yeah, gotta get we'll work on it. Get it, gotta 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 get it good. Gotta get it good. I might be a Delver gamer for a hot minute. Thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you all next time with another episode of CCMTG.